Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to the new episode of the Roman's Empire podcast. Yes, we're finally back to some sort of regular recording schedule, huh, Sam? Eh, this is not a regular recording schedule. Usually we do Mondays, but uh, the, the rare Wednesday episodes have to ha- happen every once in a while. Yeah, just especially after busy you. lives. Busy lives and Champions League. Oh, Zach, you sound way too chipper for a week like this. I mean, it was. You know why? Because I, I didn't watch the game today. Oh, <laughs> because <laughs> I, I was at work. I thought you were going to say it's because Andreas isn't here. And I was like, no, wow, no, come no. on, man. No. So, oh. uh, early shout out to Ron. Sorry, buddy. Andres is not here to talk about Kovacic. Oh, but don't you worry. We we specifically asked him to record his reaction and his take. Uh, so Kova crew, don't worry. We'll, we'll we'll I'll include that clip in in the middle of this episode when we talk about that. But yeah. Uh, so on, Andres, you're you're gonna be represented uh, properly. Yeah, he has to be. I mean, okay. So. I, I, I kind of want to just jump into this because I got a lot to say. Yeah. Let, let's yeah let's get into Man City. Yeah. So obviously that was the big match looking we were looking at uh, following the international break and a lot of hope going into it. Maybe a lot of it was just inflated due to our recent great run, some beating down some teams that we realistically should have. But Man City showed that you know they they still are a class ahead of us ended up winning 2-1 I'll read I'll go through the lineup real quick Kepa and goal Dave Zuma Tomori and Emerson in the back line midfield of Jorginho Conte and Kovacic front three of uh, Pulisic William and Tammy so let, let let's start off with the first 20 minutes of the match because that's the part that I really would like to talk about because that's <laughs> that's the part where we actually looked good we we actually yeah. i wouldn't say dominated but we created a lot of a lot of chances mm-hmm. william had a really close chance uh shooting from the right side just should have hit to, the target yeah just just wide left tamori off that off that uh corner tammy wasn't able to you know put it down and tamori just again to the right side of the post this time and then finally, Conte scores after that ridiculous ball by Kovacic. I mean, that was Ooh. that was something that we had been hoping that Jorginho would be doing a lot more. And I mean, that really came out of nowhere. Kovacic. I mean, this was this was really this this should really should be the Kovacic episode because he had an amazing week. Yeah, um, his best week as a Chelsea player for by sure. Far. And I, I just have a couple stats about N'Golo Conte. So seven of his eleven goals for Chelsea have come against the top six teams plus Leicester City, and this season N'Golo Conte has three goals on three shots on target. So he's as efficient really? as it gets. Um, Play him up top while Tammy's out. Yeah. <laughs> hey, not the worst idea. I mean, I, I don't think we'll be making a lot of opportunities uh, with a through ball in the air, but you know what? He, he's always there to put it away. Uh, you know, I think it's funny, Sam. You were just like riding the Kovacic high horse and then just jumped straight into Conte's stats. I, I, because You're, he scores. I know. No, no, I know. <laughs> I know. But but like it's just we're funny gonna... because it's it, it's a reality check that, oh, wait, before you get too ahead of – before I get too ahead of myself, let me just bring myself back down to earth by mentioning that Conte's by far our best midfielder. Yeah. I mean – Yeah, which is true. It, it's, which is so exciting because, I mean, Kovacic out of those three is honestly – I mean, 
you you you'd take the other two over him. I mean, if if you had to, uh, Jorginho and obviously Conte. But I mean, Kova's if if he's your third best midfielder, and also considering the fact that we have RLC coming back, I mean, that's just it's it. We talk about this every week. I think there's yeah. no need to get more into it. But back to the match. After that great first 20 minutes, we really fell asleep the next 20 minutes. Uh, there was a goal off a deflection for De Bruyne, which always, I mean, I, I, I honestly can't even watch Man City games anymore. Like, it hurts too much to watch De Bruyne play. Yeah, like, he's so he's so so talented. I mean, he he might be the best early crosser in world football at the moment. And like, he's still so severely underrated, which is because yeah. he doesn't put up the numbers. You know, he's not he's not a a goal scorer, but I think he's like he has like top, nine assists. Yeah, I think yeah, I was gonna say I think he's like top top three in goals plus assists combined right now. I mean, he's yeah. just he is one of my favorite players in the Premier League, and it hurts so bad that all these amazing players out there, ex Chelsea stars that I mean, ex Chelsea players that never could break through on the pitch. You're gonna us. say ex Chelsea stars. These guys never played for us. Like right, like uh, ex Chelsea players who ended up becoming stars. Becoming stars. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I remember there's a time where it was Andreas Sherla and Kevin De Bruyne fighting. And we wanted for... and we wanted Sherla. Yeah, over these, him, these remember? two were fighting over uh, you know minutes coming off the bench of the midfield, and, and uh, oh, I was like, oh, times. but you know, it. it, it we, I'm not. I'm not. We, I. I can't say that after just how how much I just complimented our midfield. Like it. It's. It's still. Good so, move, Jose. You know, for sure. Um. Yeah. But then and then. But, but yeah, I, it, I, I. I. Oh yeah. yeah I was just gonna say it. yeah. This then, is... you know, then eight minutes later, Mares scoring off just some awful defending from the left side from us, which is something criminal. We, criminal. Yeah. It's it, it's beyond awful. You gotta know it. Like, this is the thing. I, there's a, there's a saying in American sports where you know like it it's all about the scouting report. Like you got to do your homework before matches. It does not take a genius or or even a well seasoned football fan to know that Riyad Mahrez plays on the right to cut inside to the left. He does not beat his man to the outside ever, ever. So why? Emerson is showing him to the inside. It, it, it's just beyond bad defending. It's just criminal at that point. You know the second Mares gets on his left foot, you're putting him in probably the most favorable position that you could possibly put him in, especially when it, especially when it's a curler to that far post. I mean, he specializes in that. He scored a similar goal against uh, against us when he was at Leicester. I remember ball came over the top one v one with Dave. Dave showed him to the inside, and he flicked it and he flicked it over Courtois' head. I mean, no surprise he beat Courtois, but. Still, nonetheless, it's the same type of goal, and it seems like every time we play against Riyad Mahrez, we just don't know how to defend him. And the thing that's crazy to me is that, like, I mean, one, let's—I'm not completely shitting on Mahrez. He's—he's he's a classy player. Hey, and Africa Cup of Nations champion scored a banger of a free kick in that tournament too. Yeah. Not that anybody watched it. Hey, I, watched <laughs> I didn't it. watch it, but I watched the highlights. <laughs> um, <laughs> nobody okay, watches Afcon. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're I don't right. think anybody watches <laughs> Afcon. Honestly, like the one time I turned it on on my TV, I remember it was a uh, it was a few it was a few like uh, it was a while ago actually. It's like when Yaya Toure was playing on Ivory Coast. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like Ivory Coast against someone else. I forgot who they were playing, but the field they were playing on was literally 
a desert. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> the, the grass was, was yellow. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to see where. Oh, uh, not camera. It's amazing. Yeah. There's a full running track in the background. Egypt. The stands Egypt. aren't even connected. Yeah, it was just. I don't know. It was kind of odd. But but going back to the Mares thing, and this is a question. Uh, that Frank needs to answer quick. And I think he did that. I think he tried to address it in the Valencia game by just dropping Emerson completely. Now, I know Emerson's stats were amazing, so before everybody jumps on me with his stat line in the beginning of the season, we ought to talk about the actual performance, guys. I mean, you 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 can't do that and expect not to be dropped the following match, especially against a guy like Riyad Mahrez, former Premier League player of the season. I mean, that that's the point I was trying to get at. And the thing that drove me crazy, Sam, because I know I'm talking a lot. If you, when I rewatched the game, they were talking about Kovacic not sliding over quickly enough. Hmm. Why is that even an art? Like, yeah, maybe Kovacic could have gotten there a little bit faster to prevent him from cutting to the inside. But why was Emerson showing him the inside in the first place? They completely missed the point. It's just, it's ridiculous to me. And really, the goal today, uh, by Wass, what was his name? Wass, whatever that big yeah, from the right side. Yeah. That was also like I mean from I mean obviously that wasn't from the same spot, but Emerson, I, I don't know. I mean he he could have closed out on that a little bit better, but that that one was just it, it was a similar it was a similar situation. I, I can't I can't compare it completely because it was just such a ridiculous well, thing off a dummy and like. Well, I but, think. I think the frustrating thing and the difference between Emerson's mistake against City and Emerson's performance today was today it was shambolic all around defensively, right? Yeah. Oh, it was... we didn't look we didn't look uh, convincing at all. And against City, the frustrating part was we did look convincing. And it, and I feel and like we, a two we were on one. Up. I know a two one loss is honestly hurts more than getting blown out because it's like the game really at any moment could have just changed for us in the better and it never did um and really i mean the the lull that i talked about the second the you know the, the second 20 minutes of the first half it carried over to the second half um we really just didn't just our creativity was lacking um a really our you know our only good chance came at the end uh with that uh mason mount free kick which was so unbelievable considering earlier that day that video that was released uh you know he he just should have hit it on the nozzle top you know top in like ronaldo you know like like he said it was if if he did it was that, a, it was a he hit it he hit it well i thought he got pretty decent contact on it no, it wasn't far did. off no yeah he he was close yeah. I and mean, it just would have been it the 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 scenes it would have been absolutely <laughs> amazing if he was able to do the same exact goal from that video I, that got released I, earlier that day. Yeah, right? Like, I, I know Mason Mount's uh, a, a quality set-piece taker, right? But I didn't know that he had the range in his locker. I didn't know that he could smack one from 30 – a dead ball from 35 yards out with that kind of power and accuracy. And the ability to keep it down is impressive too. I, I, I'd like to see him get on free kicks more often, to be honest. I think he, I don't he, really... he normally does, and he takes the he takes corners for us too when, he, when he's been playing. Yeah, but yeah, but a lot of times we see Willian taking those shorter free right. kicks that are a little bit closer to goal just because, you know, Willian had one season where he was literally putting every single one in the back of the net. And then I can't remember the last time he hit a free kick for a goal. I mean, when was the last time we scored a goal off of a free kick? Marcus Alonso? 
Yeah, definitely. like like last season. We've yeah, been against We've been Bournemouth. Close, though. We've been we got a lot of close chances. I'm not I'm not worried about that. You know, I mean we we've never been a team to be scoring offset pieces like in the last two three years. Like I really, yeah. I mean, even not just a goal off a free kick, but just a set just a set piece. You know, something leading up to it. Like it's it does it doesn't happen. Most of our things come from open play. And um, I, yeah. I don't want to get it. I don't want to get it twisted at all either. I'm I'm not down on our performance against City at all. Like, no. like I know we're I know we're talking about a lot of like the negative things, but and and we didn't include our positives and negatives this week just because you know Andres isn't here, <laughs> and uh and me and Sam agree on everything because Sam knows I'm always right. Yeah, that's, that's so, how it goes. Pretty yeah, much. I don't basically. know what I'm talking about. I just agree with whatever he says. He's probably right. <laughs> No, but no, but no, but for real. I mean, we're not down on the performance as a whole. If you're gonna look at the full 90 minutes, I thought that that was probably one of our best performances in the league all season period, if not the best. I mean, our I mean, 50, 53.26 percent or 16 percent. Oh, my math is not that good. Yeah. Uh, possession. So the Man City's 46.74 percent possession was the lowest recorded by a side managed by Pep in any of his 381 top-flight matches in charge, a.k.a. Yeah. no team has had more possession against Pep in a league match than Chelsea did against Man City this weekend. So, like, we, we did play. I mean, it, again, I think it comes down to, you know, what, what this game really taught us. I think that it really just reaffirmed what I believed before, that we're a great team. We're a great team. We're just not world-class yet. And... That, well, I mean that that's I mean like when I'm what, saying we were why great, don't you quote Frank here Sam what what was what was the quote we're coming oh. he <laughs> well, must have I've, said it I've like 18 times sure. in that interview yeah that's yeah cheeky very cheeky I must very say very cheeky uh, I mean we came, we already came a few times this season <laughs> oh definitely but... more than a few times <laughs> I mean pull a sick that hat oh, trick like like three games in a row four games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, we needed this international break to recharge, uh, and we recharge, it. yeah, uh, reproduce. But, <laughs> but uh, still, like, I, it, it the, the, for my expectation going into the season, you know, me saying that we're great but not world class, that's exceeding my expectation. Like yeah. we're top four right now, sitting what five six points ahead of fifth place. Mm-hmm. That's phenomenal. Like we, yeah. like. We're in the second tier of the Premier League right now, because right now it's it's, well, it's Liverpool by himself, Liverpool by themselves, and then we're grouped in with Man City and Leicester. It may be Leicester. Look, team. look, I, I, I'm uh, yes, Liverpool is that far ahead of the league, but they're Man not C- in a league of their own right now. Yeah, I was getting, Man City's with Liverpool for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's if one it weren't for if it weren't for bad luck on Man City's end and very very good luck on Liverpool's end. This, the gap would not be nearly as close. I mean, how it's, Liverpool it's have gone this far without a major injury to one of like their key players is 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 insane. I, I mean, how, how like Klopp hardly rotates that front right. three, and those guys still manage to stay healthy. Like they I know play every game. They play every single game, and and every single game, Salah has a broken ankle, and he still starts. Like I don't get it, but <laughs> they have no like they have an amazing medical staff, unlike Chelsea. I think, I, I think the point you're trying to get at Sam and, uh, and and I completely agree is you know a 2-1 loss to City at the Emirates or 
at the Emirates, at the Etihad, mm-hmm. is not the worst result ever because guess what? Man City is three years into their project, four years almost. We're mm-hmm. almost, what, a couple months? Yeah. Four months, five months, maybe, into our project. And we were able to put a performance like that. But kind of going back to the whole possession stats thing, I loved Frank's interview after the match, by the way. And, and, and they asked him about the possession, and this is what I'm trying to get at. You know, they said, "Oh, it's the first time that you've that a team has ever beat a, a Pep side in possession in a league match." And Frank goes, and, and they ask Frank what he thinks about it, and, and he literally just says, "Well, you know, that's how we play." Mm-hmm. He didn't go and Not say sure like, "Oh, yeah, we needed to do that to try and win the game." And no, that's how we play. His message is loud and clear: we win the ball back high up the pitch, we keep it if we have to, and we attack when the opportunities come. It's straight. It, it, it's not. It's not fancy football. It's not possession football. It's not uh, heavy metal football to steal, you know, like like the Scouse saying or whatever. But it's basic football, right? Mm-hmm. This is literally the way everybody plays FIFA. <laughs> when yeah. you really think about it, you win the ball, and it's very direct. And if you can't, if if we can't muster an attack immediately after winning possession, we keep it and we recycle. And that's what we did against City. To be honest, we were shitting on their back line. They're pretty organized. I thought Fernandinho had a great game. Um, so you know, to be fair to them, they put a, they put in a pretty decent performance, and we were able to match that. And I think you know, very marginal differences. Who would have known what could have happened if Tamori put his shot in the back of the net, mm-hmm. or if William's shot went on frame? Because Tammy was trailing that. He was oh. the one that laid it off. I mean, if, if we could have realistically been up three nil in the first yeah. like twenty five minutes. Can you imagine? what the trajectory of the match would have been from that point on. I mean, yeah. it would have been a completely different game, obviously, but I want to make one final point before we move on to the Valencia match. Mm-hmm. So when Michi came on, he got caught off sides way too many times. Um, he, I mean, he, he he's the kind of guy that you have to expect him to have matches like this every once in a while. I mean, you know, like, I feel like him coming in, Hitting all these game winners has been bad for his reputation because now if he doesn't come in and do exactly that, people say he has a bad match. But realistically, I think he did he, he did play poorly. Mm-hmm. And that this is and obviously with this injury to Tammy that we don't know much about uh after to just today. Yeah. But it's very we... possible that he's gonna be playing a lot more. I mean he's gonna be having you know, starts the next couple of matches. What are yeah. your thoughts? Is, that, is is do you think that's a cause for concern, or what are your thoughts on having him? You know, especially with how how important Tammy has been for us in the past eight, nine, ten matches. I you know I I don't see um I don't see it affecting us in terms of attacking output because I think Michi could score when given the opportunity. Um, I think guys like Pulisic who are in form would be able to help us against shit teams like West Ham or, uh, you know, like the, the lower table teams, like the following match against Villa. So I think if we're going to miss him for the next few weeks, I think we should be okay. I still think we have enough to, to pull out results when we need to. Now, the problem is defensively, Tammy puts in a shift. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, every Mm -hmm. time he gets subbed out of a match, he looks absolutely knackered. He usually has like one pant leg rolled up, one sock rolled down, you know, he's all bruised and banged up and his shirt's filthy. And then on comes Michi with his ponytail prancing out onto the field. Yeah, I mean, he's more of a bullish type player, but defensively he just does not put in a shift. 
And now the problem is if you're not going to give that opportunity to Michi because, you know, Frank likes to defend from the front. He likes to play with that high press. You're not going to put Giroud in that position because that's just completely the wrong player. So I think Frank has to adapt our lineup and he has to adapt our system. I think he's going to go more with a 4-2-3-1 uh, so he can possibly mm-hmm. play Mount in a natural number 10 role so he can help Michi with the pressing up top, especially against a team like West Ham that's struggling to play out of the back for next week. Um, so in the long run, you know, I do think that it's, you know, it's going to hurt us more defensively than, um, than in the final third because Michi could bang him in. I mean, let's not, there's no doubt about it, but it, he, he's a funny old player, isn't he? He just seems like the type of guy that's perfect to bring on with 20 minutes left in the game. But if you're going to ask him to lead the line for 90 minutes, I don't necessarily think he has that capability just yet. And I don't think there's any any possibility for Giroud to be making uh, an appearance anytime soon, do you? I think his next appearance will be for Inter-Miami. <laughs> <laughs> like, genuinely. Draft? I know Let's I was go. like, I, I was, I was, I was like really tooting the LAFC horn for him to come to LAFC. But then I was like, I think he'll go to Miami. The like Psalm jerseys, said. like, I mean, he would just, that, he, would fill, he would fill out that jersey more than good enough i mean he uh, he would fuck every woman in miami <laughs> like he, yeah, would he could do the same in la okay yeah. come on you know he's good he's definitely gonna like discover standing the... outside at the beach stroking his no beard. no no i'm thinking i'm thinking he's gonna discover cuban and puerto rican women <laughs> i mean he's gonna take one look and be like wow i've been missing out this whole time <laughs> he's He's going to gain like 30 pounds from all the good cooking that they make. Oh, oh. yeah. Plantains on deck. Sounds like every other MLS player. Um, <laughs> but yeah, or well, the, the great that the the players that come over to the MLS. That's what I mean. But how did we go from Michi to this, man? I mean, hey, Drew is a good looking guy, man. He's distracting. Uh, I think I, I think Andres keeps his podcast mature. <laughs> we need him back for, the most for part. sure. We already mentioned ejaculation and. <laughs> You know, sexual intercourse and recharging and recharging. <laughs> okay, let's 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 get into the Champions League match before we get too carried away. So, yeah. final score: Chelsea two, Valencia two. Unfortunately, finishing up with a draw, meaning we if we win our next match against Lille, we are on to the knockout round. I've, I've I'll I'll look it up, but I found a really well organized tweet that explains the situation very well but I'll, I'll look it up while you're talking which i'm because i'm sure you're gonna be talking a lot so the lineup kappa in goal dave zuma christensen reese james so reese james making an appearance conte Jorginho, kovacic and a front three of pulisic tammy and william so we already mentioned tammy uh he exited with a hip injury they looked really really bad live I mean, I legitimately thought it was a broken rib. This dude could not walk. He had to get stretchered off from the sideline. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I saw he got hospitalized or something. And I was like, did he, like, puncture a lung or something? Like, is this, like, going to be a season-ending injury? Uh, but he, he had a quote saying, I'll have a scan tomorrow to see what the news is, but hopefully it's just a bruise. It was a knee near my hip area. Hopefully nothing too serious. And he sure is right about that. Hopefully nothing too serious. 
Chels Eric asks, Mishi was bad when he, or he says when Mishi was bad when he came on. How do we, how bad do we need another striker? Zach, I mean, is, is can Mishi hold the fort down? Or no, I mean, I, I mean, I, I touched upon it a little earlier. Yeah. I think, I think we do need another striker. But listen, I'm not having any expectations this upcoming January. I'm not expecting the band to be lifted or anything along those lines. But going into next season, I think the ideal type of player that we should go for, if we're going to add anybody to uh, our forward line, would be an experienced. Striker late in his career, For somebody sure. that's a proven commodity in Europe, right? Like a Giroud um, from when we got him two years ago. Well, well, the thing with Giroud is he has the capability to mentor Tammy and to be a fantastic player, which he is. But it's his mobility just doesn't fit the way Frank wants to play. So we got to find somebody that kind of fits that mold. And I'm and 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 I'm looking around Europe at you know Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Is that what you're thinking? Hell no. I'm thinking like. Edinson Cavani, ooh, 32 years old, wants out, still has a lot to give. Yeah, I mean, he could still be a very productive player, but you nah, know, he would his talents would be wasted on our bench. I don't think his talent would be wasted whatsoever. I I, I think I think at his age, he would be perfect. You bring him in for a year, or two years, 32 or 33, mm-hmm. yeah, something around there. I mean, look, I mean, you could bring the guy on. He's known to be a hard worker off the ball. He's known to be a team player as well. Um, you know, I've I, the only thing that I've always been questioning about him as a player is, is he actually good looking or not? <laughs> I, I've always this is the deal breaker. <laughs> I've always well, well, well. That's the thing because if we're gonna bring him in to you know like <laughs> replace Giroud, we got to make sure that he's at pretty good looking right so well, if we bring him i don't in, know we gotta recall uh, we gotta bring back ampadu because <laughs> yeah well 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 i think i think i think bringing back ampadu is uh is crucial regardless especially looks, after ross barkley's <laughs> fucking drinking binge in dubai Again. this past weekend Let's yeah go, man, man. He's, I don't he's know. trying to have fun. What do you mean? He's trying to enjoy He's not stuff. trying to have fun. He's he's fucking around now. I think he knows his Chelsea career is over. And honestly, I'm over him. What, you think <laughs> does he does he need to be fresh and aware for the next match to sit on the bench for the match? I mean, what, what, why not? He needs he needs to be worrying about finding another job and going out bar hopping to, you know, bougie ass dive bars in Dubai is not necessarily maybe the greatest. He, maybe he was option. meeting and maybe he was pitching an investment opportunity or something to rich Dubai. I have uh, no sympathy for Ross <laughs> Barkley. So <I'm, laughs> he has all the talent in the world. There is yeah, absolutely no. no reason for him to be fucking around right now, especially at 26 at a time where he hasn't even established himself as a premier league player again, since returning from injury is just kind of shameful. Like he's but... probably the only person in the world who looks forward to international break because <laughs> that's yeah. the only time he gets to play. <laughs> He thinks international break, great. Now I can make every single happy hour. <laughs> no, because that's what he actually plays. That's the only yeah. time he plays. It's it's yeah. I mean it's, I don't know, but man, yeah, that, that's that's more just, Ross Barkley talk yeah. than I thought we'd ever get into. But no, no, no. But but, but I I do want to finish a striker point. I mean, what do you think? Do we need well, a, do we need to find somebody to come in that could kind of help chaperone this young Chelsea side? Well, yeah, I mean, definitely someone has a, like a mentor figure. That's that. I mean, if that's what you're talking about, that's that's something that's obviously highly beneficial to a young 
you know a guy like Tammy, but yeah. like, I mean we're we're, we're going to be concerned about Nishi starting when in reality he's he's such a he's an amazing backup to have, like having that one two of Tammy and Mishi coming off the bench is is honestly phenomenal in my book like maybe we do need a third guy for the times that tammy is out you know i mean that that's that's a possibility but like yeah how, yeah, how and often that's what is I'm that saying. how often is that going to happen where in my in essence what i'm trying to say is it's it's not a priority of mine mm-hmm. but i would i think it would be uh highly highly beneficial not necessarily a guy who we would need to play for us like like a guy like Cavani, mm-hmm. like he he would be great for the mentoring aspect, but I think that like he should be getting a lot more run than being well, third. Well, it's clear the fiddle it's, to. It's, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, the reason why I'm mentioning players like that, like Cavani, another one that I really like would be a Manzukic, someone that's going right. to be out of contract. See, like, that would twilight be... of his career, perfect fit for our team because for that sure. guy's blue collar as fuck. Where's Enenjeko at? Does he still play? He's still in Roma, yeah. That would be an awesome one too, but yeah, I would. Like that, but but, but that again, rumor has been going around for a long, long time. I don't think I don't think he's mobile enough, similar to to, to Ali Giroud. He's very much like a stationary hold-up striker. I think we need somebody that's a little more versatile, someone that could play one twos, um, but could also press a back line like crazy. Like Manzukic used to play on a left wing at Juve, mm-hmm. so you know sure. it, it's it's an he's familiar playing across the front three basically i'm not saying he's going to play as a winger for us but he just has that understanding of defending in the final third and the hey, fact that he played winger could only help him if that means giving paulo dybala more playing time at juventus uh, i'm down for that because i don't know talents, what is going on his at Juve, talents man. are wasted man like that yeah he completely. is a baller and he doesn't play he doesn't play at juventus and he doesn't play for the national team argentina doesn't play him i don't understand Oh no, no. Anyway, let's let's move on. Uh, we should we, actually talk about the game. Now. Right. We mentioned I mentioned the uh, Zuma and Christensen were playing. Yeah. That pairing was horrid today. I mean, <laughs> it was it was really bad. I because I I really couldn't believe it. I mean, I remember was it our first game of the season or second game of the season where we had Zuma and Christensen, and I was so worried about the two playing together and. They ended up, four. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. I'd, it wasn't. It wasn't that one. It was the one after where we actually had a good match. Um. And I was surprised. But like, and I thought like that. Oh, that's a great. You know, that Zuma Christensen pairing might actually be the one that you know works the best this year. But this. I don't. I don't know if this was just a one-off match. But Christensen was extremely shaky. Uh. I mean. I. I don't know. I mean. I thought it wasn't just them though. It was the whole defense. We we started off with uh, what was it Reese on uh, Reese on the left side? Oh, so Reese on the right side. Dave on the left. Dave on the left. Yeah. That was good. And then once uh, um, they we brought in Emerson and we moved. Uh, I think we moved Reese to the right side after that. Or I'm sorry, no, 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 moved, no. Uh, Reese stayed on the yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm tripping right now, but. After after that, it, I mean, honestly, throughout the whole entire match, it was it was shaky. I, I don't even know what I'm trying to say right now. I, it was it was that bad. Like that, we we could have lost the match five to two. There was a couple sitters, absolute sitters that Valencia missed. 
I mean, even one where they, one of their players missed the ball completely on it. Like to quote Andres, Valencia missed more sitters than Morata ever did at Chelsea. We got lucky, (laughs) which is not even accurate at all either because, (laughs) because he missed a hundred times more than that. But what, what what was worse, the refereeing or uh, Valencia in front of goal? I mean, the pace of the match was was ridiculous. Mm. Every single play getting called, dude is handing out cards left and right for very routine tackles that, like, I was just shocked. And then, really, we got bailed out on a on that Pulisic goal that, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he was onside, but I thought he was off, to be completely honest. Um, yeah. But VAR doesn't lie, apparently. Um, but, and, I, I don't know. It, it was it was just, it, and I can't even say that, you know, I'm not even complaining about the officiating because of, you know, he was, a, he was unfavorable to us. Mm-hmm. He was bad both ways. <laughs> like, and there was all, I mean, he, he, and he wasn't consistent. There was a couple of chances that he also, you know, there were clear fouls that he told the player to just get up. And, you know, then right after that, he he, call, he gives a yellow for someone, you know, pulling on a shirt. Like, what? Uh, it was just – I think I think that's a consequence of playing in a stadium like that. I mean, with an atmosphere like that, especially in a league that's considered one of the softer leagues around Europe, their fans are used to are, – are, are used to those calls. And, uh, for sure, that's true. And, and, and and I don't think they're used to seeing a team as intense as Chelsea in terms of the counter press, mm-hmm. because in, in Spain teams usually sit back. I mean it's more possession based football over there, right? Teams sit deeper when they're defending and they keep the they they keep other teams in front of them, right? Whereas mm-hmm. in England it's kind of frantic for the for most sure. part. But going back to the Christensen Zuma thing, I think we're being a little hard on Christensen. I mean, it is his first game back. He hasn't mm-hmm. necessarily established himself in Frank's side. And if you're if you're a young player like him as well, I mean, I know he has a reasonable amount of experience, but you're a young player like him. You suffer an injury. You're on the sideline. The team is absolutely flying without you. Players that weren't expected to be in our first – that weren't expected to be first choice, our first choice now, like Zuma and Tomori. Mm-hmm. I think that's hard for him to come into a match like this and impress. And I think I, I feel in a way that he tried to overcompensate and he tried to hit the ground running and I feel like he tried a little too hard almost. But at the same time, I just don't think Zuma and Christensen's playing styles complement each other. And yeah. I'll be the first one to hold my hand up and admit it. They're too beginning slow. of this seat. Yeah, they're not. They're yeah. too slow to play together. I don't. I don't necessarily think they're too slow. I just think that, you know, usually when you think of a, a center back pairing, you think of a bruiser and you think of an athletic center back. And with Zuma and Tomori, Tomori was playing that athletic center back and Zuma was the bruiser. He was a cleanup guy. Even though he's also insanely Even though athletic. he's insanely athletic as well. But with Christensen, yeah, he's not the quickest laterally. He doesn't necessarily shift very fast from left to right. Um but he's he's more of a tactical defender. He's great at sitting in and and plugging up holes in in the defense. Whereas Zuma is just really good at putting out fires. He's not necessarily somebody that'll prevent them from starting. <laughs> and I think uh and I think that's the issue that that we had today. So I think we're being a little hard on Christensen. Give him a little bit of time. I think he'll be all right in the long run. But the real question is, <laughs> Rudiger is coming back now. Mm-hmm. 
and that's a that's just another fucking you know uh joker in the deck here because we have four center backs that should probably be first choice on any other club right, yeah except ours <laughs> um but yeah i mean david Luiz is holding down the spot pretty good going going like you know looking at the rest of the league i mean that's a great problem to have because a lot of other teams don't necessarily have that kind of depth look at man city their first choice center back is out only you know only one of their first choice center backs are out and are already having problems mm-hmm. and, and and we just have the luxury of having four really solid ones i think we'll be okay in the long run what i'm really interested to see is next summer what happens with those four because you got Mark Gaves coming up, mm-hmm. maybe he could go out on loan, but Frank There's is also no making a really good case to. No, 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 and, and that's my point. I think I, I think we could ship one of them out and keep Gay as a squad player and play him in cup matches and you know against like the against the lower table teams. I think he's good enough based on what I've seen. But what are we going to do with Christensen and what are we going to do with Rudiger and Zuma? A couple weeks ago, I was saying that I'm detaching myself from him, and now I'm finding myself falling in love again. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's troubling for me that every like it, it's it's my opinion seems to be changing week by week. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like it's a good problem to have to have all these guys, but there hasn't been there hasn't been a a duo that's really solidified themselves as the best too because. Our defense has been so. really shaky this year. I think it's been. I think Zuma and Tomori the last few weeks have been brilliant. Well, that's well, that's what I'm saying. It week by week it changes. I mean, it, like we were just talking about how we think Zuma was is the odd man out, and now, I, you know, I, I can imagine our you know having. I mean, playing the season without him, him and him and that and Tomori together is just an amazing duo, but. I don't know. Well, that well, that's what I'm saying. Like now that Rudiger comes back, he's clearly the most talented out of the four. Yeah, like like if you're gonna have a duo out there, he's got to be one of them. He's got to be one of them, and and I think Tamori should be the other. I I'm not. I I think you're right, honestly. And <sighs> this is I think this is something that we need to talk about closer to the summer. Yeah. <laughs> because right too. now it, things just need to be sorted out. We need to wait. We need to see until when uh Rudy comes back, how he mm-hmm. looks and what. You know, I mean, you also need to play against better teams too. Like a lot of our this this Man City game would have been a good test, but um, let's see if Rudy even gets in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's a whole other thing. Like Frank Frank has said, like nobody's getting in on merit. It's a matter of how you train. So you know, let's train see hard. how he trains. Yeah. Well, no, I, I I don't doubt his work ethic <laughs> um, at yeah, all. I just think course. he has to do what Frank is asking. And I think and I think Rudiger will because he he did exactly what Sari asked of him and he did exactly what uh, Conte asked of him as well. So, you know, he gets into the Germany side on occasion. So I I, I think he's definitely good enough to to get back into the squad. He just has to stay healthy, man. All right, let, let me let's get back in the game real quick. So yeah. quickly before we get into Kova, um, I want to talk about Kepa real quick. Um, he he's he's had a, a really rough last couple matches um i think he, he's been getting a lot of uh, a lot of hate from a lot of chelsea fans and today um he had a really really huge save uh on that penalty and he had mm-hmm. a and he had a game-winning save I, i'm pretty sure a couple weeks ago he had a game-winning save um or not a game-winning save but game clinching save um yeah Watford. And, right yeah the, yeah and so stepping up in really big times but also, just let that botched 
cross. You know, I'm not. I'm not even gonna call that a shot. A botched cross in right over his head. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm realistically, I don't know if there's a go- keeper in the world that could have stopped that. You know, because of the way that it was, it was bending away from the goal. Disagree. It, like, I mean, Zach. Like, I disagree. What? what I'm you... not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not saying he could have gotten there. But this is the second time we've seen that happen to him in the last what month? Yeah, he the should... last two Premier. I mean, Champion League games. Yeah, yeah, but but that's the problem. Okay, the Ziek one should have been a save. I'm sorry, it it should have been a save. It, but see, like. I, well, go ahead. I'm looking. I'm looking at his performance as a whole. Yeah, the penalty save was great, but what about their first goal? Weak hands, weak, weak, weak hands. For sure. It's you know, I know I sound a little bit spoiled. I'm not jumping on Keppa's back. I think he's still like the guy's young. You have right? you so, have to you have to, you know, when 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 you're when you're talking about it about him. You can't ignore his price tag. You have to bring that. You have to take that into consideration. Exactly. I mean, like exactly. So, it, and, so, so if you're gonna, if you're not gonna ignore his price tag, then you gotta compare him to the elite because he's the most expensive goalkeeper of all time. So you have to compare him to the to the great goalkeepers in the world of football right now, and, and and that's the problem. I think I think we overpaid for him, and I think it's showing a little bit. I'm not saying he's crap. I'm not jumping on him. I'm not saying sell him or bring someone else in. Uh, <clears throat> Shay Given. Um, no, but I mean but, ESPN, which is, I don't think they even watch soccer. They have they had Keppa listed as the seventh best keeper in the world right now. Oh, get no. There's no so. way. Yeah. O- over Yoris, over De Gea, over Onana. Did you really mention Larice first song? I'm reading. I'm reading it in order. <laughs> oh my God! They put Hugo Larice at number one. Eight, eight. No, I'm saying no. I'm saying Kepa oh. was over, ranked over these guys. No, Larice has to has to you know get his elbow put back in place before he could even be in a conversation again. No, look, it, it's a it's a Kepa conundrum, isn't it? Yeah. Right. So. I feel like I feel the same way as every other Chelsea fan does. We know the talent's there, and it's frustrating because it's he hasn't been able to put it together consistently. Now, again, the talent is there. I want to stress that. I don't think his issue is necessarily physically or ability-wise. I think but he is small for a keeper. I think it's yeah 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 he is small for a keeper but guess what that's modern football now we're not seeing a lot of those big burly goalkeepers but anymore. What, but he's uh, what was the one thing we all heard bring him in? Oh, it's his distribution that you know that makes him wonderful. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen that at all. Like in the last two seasons, I really haven't no, seen that. No, disagree. Look, he does make mistakes where the ball's at his feet. He does look like he panics at I mean, times. W- w- but was it was it today or was it? I can't. I can't remember whether it was today or it was last. It was the last match where he just passed the ball to straight, a defender. Yeah, 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 straight straight to Aguero against City. Oh yeah, yeah it was no. against City, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of of course, he has these brain farts, but again, that's mental. It's not a matter of him making a bad pass. How, you don't make a a pass that bad, Song. It's mental. Okay. It's it's getting into his head and it's fucking up his technique when he strikes the ball. He's second guessing himself when he swings his foot. It's. A lot goes into it when you're on a football pitch and all eyes are on you. And especially if you're the goalkeeper, you don't really have any support. You're the last line of defense for one. And two, it's an individual 
part of the game. That's the only individual part of a football match, mm-hmm. unless you're Mike Dean and and and, and you're reffing, <laughs> and, and you're reffing. But no, like that that is the individual part of a football match, right? It's kind of like being an MMA fighter. If you get knocked out, the next fight you're going to be timid, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And I think it's I, and I think that's what happening with Keppa. He's had a couple of tough breaks, but he's got to get better. And I don't know if it's a matter of the goalkeeping. I, I I've heard it a couple of times. Um, they mentioned uh, Hilario is our <laughs> is our goalkeeping coach. Um, what? Why? He was like our third string goalkeeper for ten better part of ten plus years. I mean, how many appearances did he have for us? <laughs> like I. I don't even I can't even recall a match where I've seen him play. Why is he our goalkeeping coach? I think I think that tells a lot about the staff and how Frank still wants to tinker with it. I I joked about Shea Given earlier. That's been a rumor that's been thrown around. Shea Given was his goalkeeping coach at Derby and Frank saw significant improvements with his goalkeeper there. So why can't it be any different this year? Bring him in. Mm-hmm. Something has to change there. And another thing, we have Peter fucking Check yeah. As our quote unquote director, technician, whatever the fuck of football now, that, that that new title they created. Where is he in all of this? You know, maybe that could be a good mentor for Keppa. Again, yeah, if it's, it, ha- it hasn't worked yet. Let's let's see. It hasn't I, I have to g I'll I'll give him time. I'm not yeah. he's what, twenty five years old? Twenty yeah, twenty four, twenty five, something like that. Alright, let, let's let's get into Kova. Before we get into it, as I promised, here is Andreas his reaction to Kovacic today. Well, boys, I couldn't be on tonight on the pod, but let's just take one second to admire the beauty that is Mateo Kovacic, hashtag Kova Cruz, first ever Chelsea goal. That's right. We needed a goal desperately, and who brought it? Our best player of the season so far, the one and only Croatian genius Mateo Kovacic. I mean... That touch to bring it down, that placement, my word, that was beautiful. I lost my voice earlier watching that. It was much needed. Nobody else at Chelsea's team was shooting. And then Mateo, the unlikeliest player to do so, puts it in the bottom corner past Sillison to tie it up and to change the tide in a very, very important Chelsea match. There's nothing I can say. All I can say is the hashtag Kova crew knew that this would happen at some point, and it comes under the lights in the biggest competition in Europe. I mean, it was meant to be. It was meant to be. Mateo Kovacic, hopefully this will be his first of a few more goals this season. I'm hoping for five or six by the end of the year. But mark my words, hashtag Kova crew, this is not the last goal we will see this season. Thank you guys for listening. Wow. Thank you so much for that, Andreas. That was, that was very, passionate. Very polite. Very, very polite. Yeah, huh? and, th- and thanking us for listening. That that is the great. That was the touch that needed. Um, <laughs> let me go through the stats real quick. Four four shots, two on target, one goal. Of course, fifty five of fifty eight passes completed, one key pass, ninety eight pass uh, accuracy, five out of five dribbles completed. Wow, two out of two tackles completed. Just a class, class game. Him and Reese James. <laughs> him and Reese James just had, yeah, by far our best players this match. Uh, I mean, Kovacic, uh, you, you want me to ask this question. Is he our best midfielder at the moment? If we're going based off form, yes. But you said it earlier. 
like Sorry, right after I you mentioned Kovacic's name, you threw down, you threw out two N'Golo Conte stats, and it's true. N'Golo Conte is the best <laughs> midfielder. Um, wow, but no. totally underpinning Kovacic's match. I'm sorry, that was Look, so. I, ma- that was I had match. a I had a really hot take in the beginning of the season, and it's one of the first times one of my hot takes has stayed true. Nice. <laughs> so Let's um, go. I'm gonna remind everybody and flex on y'all for a sec, okay? So check this out. I said I cannot imagine a Frank Lampard midfield without Mateo Kovacic. I thought your bold prediction was that Kovacic will score a goal for Chelsea, and it came true. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> just kidding. I said, I said, I I cannot imagine a Frank Lampard midfielder midfield without Kovacic. Why? Because what, he what literally, is... he does everything. He does everything. And I said it that that podcast as well. The best word I could use to describe Mateo Kovacic is glue. He glues the team together. He brings everything together. He connects the defense, the midfield, and the attack. I know Jorginho is our. Uh, I'm not going to use the R word because everybody's ears are bleeding after hearing it so much. But Jorginho is sort of our quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. But at times you feel that he's limited physically, and he can't beat defenders in one v one situations. And this season, more than last season, we're seeing Jorginho give the ball away a little more than Kovacic. Not yeah. slating Jorginho, world class. No, I mean, yeah, he but... he gave up a he he gave up a goal in that Man City against City. Yeah, 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 he did. He passed it right to Fernandinho. Mm-hmm. So you don't see Kovacic giving the ball up as much. And and what I mean by glue, Sam, he could dribble out of pressure, five for five dribbles. He could pass. Look at that ball to N'Golo Conte against Man City. He can defend. He puts in the hard yards. He's not afraid to get down and dirty. And now, if he can start to create and score more goals, similar to what he did at Inter Milan, because he played a traditional 10 role at Inter, and that's how he got his name out there, I think I think we might have a potential world-class midfield from top to bottom. And I'm talking about N'Golo Conte, Jorginho, and Kovacic being world-class footballers See, at this like, point in time. Zach, this is where I'll have to disagree with you because, I mean, you just take a look at the match today. I mean, like obviously, you know, we're we're both conceding N'Golo Conte is our most important midfielder for sure. So yeah. at this point, it's between Kovacic and Jorginho. You take a look at what happened after Jorginho came out today. We just mm-hmm. lost complete control of the match. We're completely disorganized. I mean... Kovacic doesn't not have that ability to really. I mean, you said he, he he's the gel that holds the team together, but really he doesn't he doesn't hold the midfield together like like Jorginho does. And I mean, like it it, it was it was apparent from the second from the second Jorginho got taken off, you could just instantly tell our team like just just could not organize itself the way it should have been. Oh yeah, oh yeah, of course, because Conte had to drop into sort of this deeper role and. Obviously, Conte's has – it's going to pain me to say this. It actually hurts. But he has limitations no. distributing the ball when you're comparing him to Jorginho. I have to pick my words wisely because yeah, Chelsea because, Twitter. You know, you can't, you can't just blindly, you know, support N'Golo Conte. You, you have to be realistic with the stuff that he's not good at. And it's, and it's very few things. And that's, it's that's not that wonderful. he's not good at it. He's just not as good as Jorginho. Because Jorginho is ridiculous, but but what does it have to do with with Kovacic? 
I think I think Kovacic is is it like he's the glue, Sam. I mean, it, it's he does everything. He does absolutely everything. And if you're looking at the other midfielders, Kovacic is a more well-rounded player overall. Um, the only player that you would say that is more well-rounded is N'Golo Kante, which he clearly is. But if you're going to compare him to Jorginho, Kovacic is more of a complete footballer in my opinion because you're forgetting he could play in Jorginho's position. Without a problem. He can play in any of the three midfield spots. He's a yes man. You ask him to do the hard yards, he'll do them. He'll make tackles. He'll throw his body in front of a shot to block it. He dribbles people. He could create these unbelievable passing angles with his with his with his lateral movement and his quick feet. He could find passes. He has everything. And on top of that, let's not forget, he's an absolute joy to watch. He is such a fun footballer to watch. When you're, he kind of reminds you of that kid on the playground that's just kind of like fucking around with the other team, but really, really wants to win. And I love that about him. I absolutely love it about him. And I maintain my point. I still think that at this point in time, I would rather have Kovacic on the pitch over Jorginho. If if it came down to it, like I do not disagree with Frank Sub whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I and. And obviously I didn't watch the match live, but looking at that switch, it made sense, right? You got to bring Emerson on fresh sure. legs down the wing because Hindsight they were, they were pounding. 2020 for sure. I, I didn't think, I didn't think it was the wrong move at the time. They were, they were putting, they were putting balls in the box like crazy towards the end of the match. And I think putting Emerson out on the left, fresh legs for to sure. just kind of marshal that probably a smart move. And, and, and I agreed with it at the time, but I mean, man, right now, the selection headache in that midfield is just nuts, isn't it? Mm. It's such a privilege to have. I mean, Mason Mount with the season he's having can't get in. Right. That's crazy. So, just looking at it again. So right now, uh, we're in third in the group with eight points. Valencia is also has eight points right now. Uh, the tiebreaker being goal differential. Um, Ajax in first with eight with ten, and Lille in fourth with one point. So. Um, the next match we play against Lille and then Ajax against Valencia. That's the last group match. Um, mm. With a win, no matter what happens in the other match, we advance. If we draw, we need we need Ajax to win because if Valencia wins, well, yeah, with a draw, if Valencia wins, we'll be in third. So that that's what needs to happen for us the to qu- advance. What but what kind of team is Ajax gonna put out though? That's the thing. They've is already it, clinched. Is is Ajax where where is the game? Because Ajax has I, been amazing on the road. Yeah, the, yeah, they haven't. Ten Hag hasn't lost in the Champions League on the road. I saw that stat today too. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna yeah. be it's it's, it's gonna be um, at home. So I mean, it's, it's it would be ridiculous to say that a home match would be a disadvantage as compared to an away match, but still, like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the fact that they have they clinched, I think so. I mean, they're top of the group on ten points. Well, I th- no, because I think... if we win, you're right. Wait, no, if we win, and Valencia wins, they're out. Because we'll both oh, wow. be at we'll both be at eleven, and they'll be at ten. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so they, they have, have non clinched. No. Yeah. So, um, I'll, I think the the matter of the fact is. We 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 secure an advance. We we advance no matter what if we beat Lille. That is a that's a must win for us, and it'll be interesting. Two weeks from now, 
what what are your feelings on our chances to win that one, Zach? It has to be a win. Yeah. It has right? to be a win. I mean, and I feel like we've been playing we we've been beating the teams that we should be beaten beating this season. Which is something that, you know, that, that, that's the reason why we are in the top four right now. Because we're not dropping points in matches where we should be winning, you know? Yeah, I mean... Which has been good. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and, and it's something that we haven't necessarily been doing in the past couple of seasons. We've been dropping yeah, a lot of is, points at teams that fresh. we shouldn't have been dropping points it's, it's to. Like, and I, it's exact opposite of... <laughs> yeah, it is the opposite. We, we, we sort of struggle against the top six, but we do really well against the teams that we should do well against. So, I mean, moving on to this weekend, I know that we're just going to kind of caveat in Ooh, there. So West Ham. Yeah, Not man, looking so... too good this season. <laughs> Big fall off right now, sitting 17th in the table. Only three points from safe for safety, though. Um, Pellegrini has been on the hot seat, obviously, with with this. They've been struggling to score goals, and to be fair, they've been struggling to look motivated, which I can't blame them. How they, could he be motivated while wearing a West Ham shirt? Oh, the worst. Uh, they've lost five of their last six, conceded 14 in their last six matches as well. Um the one note besides Tammy's uh, unknown status, Cho is questionable as well. Um, Rudiger with a chance to come back. Um, Nick Nick Lennartson is asks whether you know whether Rudiger like who Rudiger will be replacing. I know we already discussed that a little bit, but what what do you expect to see from this match? What what kind of lineup do you think we'll field? I th- I think we'll see Christensen again. I think I think Frank needs to give him another game, um, and I think Frank will because I, he he understands more than anybody that coming back after a long injury, especially being asked to come into Champions League eleven, kind of tough. Not necessarily the easiest thing on the road. So, and it's also just in, a morale morality kind of thing. You know, you can't you can't drop him after a match like that because exactly it's going to well, take even longer to rebuild that than it would be to you know play him in this kind of match where. Well, let's not forget when Conte dropped Christensen. Shattered his confidence, right? I mean, and we haven't seen him since. Exactly. I mean, realistically, we're playing against West Ham, so like we could play Mishi as a center back, and I think we'll be fine. But um, oh god, yeah, that sounds awful. <laughs> but hey, I mean, like that—that's that, the truth. They—they they haven't been scoring, so I—I I, I really don't think that the center back pairing is going to be much of a uh, influence or impact on this game. Uh, I think it could be. They do have Sebastian Allaire, who is the prototypical number nine back to goal hold up striker. So I I, mm-hmm. I think I think Zuma has to play in this game. Um, I think Tomori might be the one to get a little rest. To be completely honest. Um, but also consider this. I don't know if you if you saw we have another mid uh midweek match. Uh. Against Aston Villa, um, I don't. That's, oh, that's, great! That's, yeah, another so, Chelsea game that I'm gonna have to miss, huh? Yeah, but, I haven't watched one Chelsea game live in the last like four or five matches because of work or prior engagements. It's it, it it's the worst. Damn, yeah. So and the Everton family. match is the following Saturday, so we have three games in a week. Um, so that that's definitely gonna be something that Frank's gonna have to to manage as far mm-hmm. as and making sure people don't get burned out and considering you know the injuries that we do have now um 
We might, we might, we, we might have to see Ali Giroud. Yeah. Hey, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Or we can have a we can have a false nine going maybe with. Uh, oh, good God! I don't want to hear that word anymore. With with uh, Mason Mount. What do you think, Mason Mount at the false nine? That's not actually bad. doesn't sound half bad, right? I mean, doesn't sound half bad against 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 West Ham. I mean, no, no. Why no, is that Michi's not the start. Why is that Michi's not the start. the match to try it out? I mean, Aston Villa hasn't been. Beachy's right? okay, gonna start again. Frank what, Frank has Mastin the biggest of one point ahead right now. So I think I think the fact that Tammy's out presents Frank with probably the biggest challenge uh, that that he's had in weeks right, with the Chelsea squad. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, it's not only that. How am I gonna rotate this squad and keep them fresh without Tammy, especially up front? Or you could you could go with like a pacey front three with Cho, Willian, and Pulisic. You could just unleash all of them. Um, you could play a false nine with <laughs> Mason Mount. It sounds crazy. The more I think about it, it just doesn't sound like it would necessarily work. But I who had, knows? I, I had you convinced for a little bit. I'll take that win, even if it did last thirty seconds. I think he could do it for like bits and pieces, right? Like if we're only gonna ask him to play the false nine after Michi gets tired after you know an hour and ten minutes or seventy minutes or so, then yeah, maybe he can. But I don't know. I just I don't see Frank doing that. I I I think Frank's gonna play Ali Giroud and stick to possession football, and that way we don't have to worry about the counter press as much. Or he can play Ali Giroud and play the counter attack and just use him as a human wall pass like he is. So, yeah, I mean, with 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 Pulisic speed also, that yeah. I think that would be. I mean, I don't think they've played a match together. That should be an well, awesome. Well, I think pairing. I think that'll be especially fitting if we could get Cho back because then you could right. just have oh, Cho That'd playing on one wing and Pulisic on the other, and then they could just. You know, Why has just... this not happened yet? Come on, Frank. Well, they Come both on. haven't been healthy, and they both haven't been in form at the same time. It's just been shit luck. But, I mean, Sam, is there anything you want to add? I what What are your predictions for this West Ham game? I think, uh, I think this will be a two nil victory from us. What do you think? I'm gonna go one nil. I think it's gonna be tough. I think West Ham's gonna sit deep. I think without Tammy as our focal point, it's gonna be kind of difficult to score. But um, I have a feeling that that goal is gonna come from the midfield. I just I got a gut feeling Mason Mount at the ten coming back in. Mm-hmm. Frank's been leaving him out of the side the last couple matches. The kid's gonna score a goal. But yeah, but who knows? all I know is that we'll we'll still be top four at the end of the weekend. So yeah, that's, that's yeah, fine. that's all that matters. So fuck fuck anyone else or <laughs> anything else. Um, but anyways, I mean, saw a great podcast, just like old times, man. Without. You know, but, but the pre-Andres days. Yeah, I was about but, to say, did have we ever recorded without Andres? And then I realized, oh yeah, we did a whole entire season without him. <laughs> yeah, we did a season and a half actually. Oh, maybe uh, we should maybe we should move back to this format and just kick Andres out. Honestly, <laughs> he can send in his one-minute clip. And we'll include it in the middle every episode. If that's no, no. Look, <laughs> we're glad to have him. So he brings added value to this podcast. Yeah, right. I forgot. I have, I have to just agree with what you say here. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, I, I mean, my espresso is running off, uh, you know, wearing off. So, oh, yeah, um, I, I think it's time that we wrap up this podcast. Yeah. I had an espresso at eight o'clock at night today. It was fantastic. It was a double. I got a new espresso machine. It's amazing. 
specifically for Chelsea games. Yeah. Um, but anyways, <laughs> that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Um, sorry it was so dirty and flatulent and uh, vulgar at times. But this is what happens when we don't have Andreas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We we immediately revert to our 13 year old selves. Um, but uh, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter if you don't already do so at Romans Empire Pod. You could also email us Romans Empire Pod at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram. Uh, I post once every three months. You guys should check it out. It's pretty awesome. Um, but uh, until next week, hopefully we could get six more points in the bag by the next time you hear us talk. Keep the blue flag flying. Hi, everybody. Have a great weekend.